Good morning, and welcome to Ask the Pro, a paid commercial program. The opinions expressed are those of the participating clients and not necessarily those of the management and staff of WLVL. Ask the Pro is an informational-based program designed to advertise the product and or service of the client and to introduce them to the WLVL listening audience. Your questions and comments are welcome throughout the show. Just call 716-433-1433. All right, good morning, everybody. Today is Friday, May 12th, and I am joined in studio with my friend, Dr. Ken Curbs from Curbs Chiropractic and Wellness. Good morning, Dr. Ken. How are you this morning? Good morning, Eric. I am fabulous, and what a day it is out there today. Isn't it yes. something? I actually came here, of course, for people who don't know, I don't work on Fridays in the office. So um, this is the first time I actually left my house in shorts. And it was like, it's like, wow, I was comfortable. So nice. Well, it's got to be what? Oh, let me do a quick weather check here. It's uh, uh, 73 degrees in Wilson. Oh, really? Wow. And it's, yeah. only, it's only 10 o'clock. So. Yeah. So we're going to be okay, I think. Yeah, it's great. I am certain of that. See what it says here in Lockport, seventy-two on Caledonia Street. Yeah, so we're doing good. We're good. Yeah, it's a perfect summer day for me. You know? Absolutely, me too. Give me, give me that in that mid seventy range, and yep. I am just as happy as can be. Absolutely, seventy-three yeah. is perfect for me. Yeah. yeah, no less, no more. Yeah. So you've been out in the garden? Um, I have a little bit. Um, I was out of town all weekend, so, um, so I think on last show we talked about um, this past weekend. I moved my daughter Hannah, right? The brand new Dr. Hannah Curbs. Oh, to, congratulations, Doctor Hannah! Yes, to Providence, Rhode Island, and so her and I had a three-day, very rigorous adventure in um, moving her to uh, to Rhode Island, and then also um, moving her up to a second-floor apartment, which is. Um, Oh, lucky you. It was quite a challenge. <laughs> I told her, I said, I'm not, you know, uh, if I was 20 years younger, it would have been a breeze. But it's like, it was uh, it was a bit of a challenge. We did great. We were quite quite a team effort, and um, we got it done. But it was an exhausting three days. Oh, I bet. I'm just very glad I, I flew home rather than drive home because I would not have wanted to driven home, you know, after that adventure. No, too tired. It's, yeah, it's it was, not safe. Yeah. It was a lot. Yeah, and of course, Rhode Island has all... New old houses, so the narrow stairways are oh about this gosh. narrow. Oh, my gosh. It was it, – it, what an amazing place. You know, I never realized this. Rhode Island, the entire state, is 34 miles wide and 47 miles north to south. That's the entire state. You know, it's like the size of Erie County, you know, yeah. basically. Not much bigger than that. You know, and I find it fascinating that it was that small. And, again, very historic. Um, she literally lives about – four or five blocks down the street from Brown University. Um, she w- lives in an, on the east side of Providence, and it's just a just a lovely place. You know, I'm so happy as a dad to have my daughter, and first of all, proud of her for what she's accomplished, you know, attaining her doctorate degree, and then also to move to such an in- incredible city and live in a nice neighborhood, and she's only got a about, I think it's a nine-minute drive to her office, so it's nice. really a, it's a, it's a really nice setup. So That's it's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. So she's uh, off and running on her. She new starts career. her new job on Monday. This Monday she starts. Oh, nice. So, yeah. yeah. Nice. How exciting! It is. It is. It really is. That's great stuff. So, uh, let's see. Is there one more child in the house? Um, one more. The youngest one. Now she's the middle of five. So right. Hannah was the middle of five, and then the youngest one. Um, oh, so she just finished her junior year. 
in the nursing program at St. John Fisher. Okay. And so she is a competitive athlete. She's a track athlete. And so, again, another thing, you know, I'm not too proud of my kids, but, you know, Michaela just competed last, the weekend I was in Rhode Island, I could not be at her competition, her E8 competition, which is the regional competition um, in the state for Division Three. And um, she, it was, the meet was in Utica, and she placed first in the uh, women's long jump, not only first, but she broke the meet record. She broke the facility record, um, and she qualified for nationals, and she is currently ranked third in the nation in mm-hmm. women's long jump. Um, she jumped 19 feet, five and a half inches. Wow. You know, so pretty good. And her 4 by 100 relay team took first place. And then she also placed, um, and she got on the podium. I'm not sure what places she did in the, uh, 100 dash, uh, 100 meter and 200 meter runs. So nice. So she had a really, really good weekend. I'm just so sorry my wife and I couldn't be there to have shared in that. But, um, as a result of that weekend, she's qualified for nationals. And so Memorial Day weekend will be nationals. This is the third time she's qualified for nationals. Nice. You know, so she's been having a good run. <laughs> Literally good run. and figuratively. Yeah, yeah good run. Yeah. Fun intended. Yes. Yeah. All right. So what's going on in the doctoring business Ooh, these gosh. days? Oh There's some, you know, it's, it's interesting. You know, I, I, I get frustrated sometimes when I, um, this, this week I had a new patient come in and it's an older man and has very, very significant health issues, um, both metabolically and physically. He's, he's quite challenged and, um, he was referred in by, an orthopedic group that basically kind of gave up on him, you know, uh, and it, and I mean, they're still quote treating him, but it's like, well, here, go to the chiropractor and see what they can do for you, you know? Right. And it, it's sad because here's a situation where I'm, I'm evaluating this man for the first time in his life. And he's in his mid to late seventies, you know, for the first time in his life, he's going to a chiropractor and it's like, God, if, if only if, I could have gotten a hold of him 20 years ago. Okay. Would he have ended up like this? And I think not because, you know, with the right guidance and with the right um, care, he wouldn't have. Um, but however, when I went through the evaluation that I did, and this kind of, I hear this over and over again. I go, th- go through some pretty extensive neurological testing. Um, but then the most important thing is I go over the results, the specific results with the patient, explain to them, you know, what, what I'm looking at, you know, what, what are the norms and then where do they sit at? And what was amazing was both him and his wife said to me, he goes, no one's ever done this. You know, not, not any doctor that they've ever gone to, any specialist, anything have ever explained anything. They take an x-ray or they take a MRI or they take a diagnostic test, you know, and they just say, that's there's nothing there's no conversation no interaction no nothing um and and it's frustrating because sometimes people just need to know you need to you need to put their mind at ease you need to allow them to you know to absorb that information whether it be good or bad you know and process that in whatever way that they need to process that and then also be able to be there and um, answer the questions necessary for any of their concerns that they have and i see it happen so much in in our healthcare systems that that just is not done you know whether people don't want to take the time you know they can't be bothered with that you know sometimes it's the uh, you know i know more than you and therefore there's no need for you to know just follow what i say uh-huh. and um and that's it's frustrating do you, do you think gentlemen like that kind of pick up on the vibe 
of the people that don't communicate with them that, well, we're giving up on you. He's, yeah, he's got to grab know, that vibe. It's like, well, if you're giving up on me, I guess I'll give up on me too. And that's and that's the thing that frustrates me because they just keep they keep running these people through all these not only tests but treatments with with no appreciable difference. You know, so for someone like that, I said, look at. I was very honest with him. I said, I don't know how much I can help you. I says, but we're going to give this a six week trial and we're going to see. And then at that point, we'll decide. Okay, are we making the progress necessary? Because we have to have a fair chance to be able to make a difference. Right, give it but a if shot. not, then we can discuss further. So do we have a call? We'll we do. On. Let's see what's yeah. going on here. Good morning, caller. You are on WLVL with Dr. Ken Kerbs. What is your uh, question or comment? Uh, I would like to apologize to him for something. Oh, my God. What did I do? <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, caller. Yeah. Hello? Yes, we're here. Go ahead. Oh, Dr. Kerb? Yes. Okay, this is Carol. Remember me? Oh, gosh, Carol, I never can forget you. Okay. <laughs> I hope you're okay. I've been wanting to just tell you I haven't been there because I've had a problem. Yeah. Uh, they did a test on me, and they found that my vertebrae, is the very bottom one, is crushed, and it's, you know, right to the bone, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't know if you could help me in any way with that or anything. You know, and I've just been getting shots in my lower spine. Yeah. So, Carol, you know, I mean, you and I have worked together many times over many, many, many years. Um, yeah, I know. You know, on and off throughout that time. And, you know, I'm very familiar with your situation. So when you have a situation like that, that isn't a new problem. That's a progression of a, of a problem that's been going on. And it's just gotten to the point. And I know what you deal with from a pain perspective and, you know, and all very the... Very bad pain. Right. Very, very, very bad. Right. All the, all the stuff that, um, that, you know, that you have going on with you. But again, you know, you know, you're familiar with me and it's like, mm-hmm. we, it's about taking the, the gentlest conservative approach that we can to try and help you through mm-hmm. this mess. Because otherwise you just kind of sit around and suffer sometimes and suffer. But they said surgery. And I don't want, at my age, well, I don't want Well, I just, I have a real hard time with that because, again, um, because of your age, because of your condition, and because of all the other factors that go into play, I think that that mm-hmm. would be a, a, a really poor decision. Um, yeah, and, that's what they said. But I do get shots, one on each side of the lower spine. The insurance has to okay them for right, me. Right, right, They help for... Well, this last one did nothing for me. Now I go back Tuesday, and he's going to give me a shot on the other side. Yeah. For you know, yeah. but um, they sometimes help me for a couple of weeks, and that's about it. I start getting the pain back, and sometimes it's just about unbearable. Yeah. Yeah, I you know. know, I know. So I didn't know, and I kept so first of all, I gotta I, get to Doctor Curbs. I gotta call Doctor Curbs. Yeah, well, you're calling you know, me now. So, and okay, it, let me tell you something, Carol. Right now, I'm just I'm as as we're talking, and you're calling me. Um, Brienne, my receptionist, just texted me and said, "Oh my God, Carol!" And she's wondering how you are. So it was kind of <laughs> funny because you know we miss you in the office, and and uh, you know it's it's um you know so people are out there listening and stuff like that. But yeah, you know, come back and see me. Let's see what we can do. Okay. You know, and right, and let's I get will. let's get back on track and see if we can't get you through this because I know we've gotten through some. 
you know, we've, we've yeah. ridden a roller coaster and I know it's yes, been difficult have. for you and I just don't want to see you getting into something that is, that you can't return from, you know, something that goes too far, um, and creates okay. more of a problem. Okay. All right. I will give you a call. I will call on Monday and make an appointment. Yeah. All right. All right. Thanks, Thanks Carol. Great right. talking to you, Carol. Yes. You take care. Nice stuff. Hey, listen, ladies and gentlemen, if you have a question or comment you would like to, uh, Discuss with Dr. Ken Curbs. You can feel free to give us a call at 433-1433. We're going to be on the air for another, oh gosh, 35 minutes or so. Now, in case you're just joining us, Dr. Ken Curbs is the owner and uh, CEO, CFO, chief bottle washer. <laughs> I'm at all. I'm all of it. <laughs> and everything. Other than my sidekick, Brienne, you know, right. we're, we, we just do it all there. That's yeah. right. At Curbs Chiropractic and Wellness, located at 741 Davison Road here in Lockport. And if you'd like to make an appointment with him for a consultation, call Brianne. She's in the office, right? 434-0671. 434-0671 is the office number. But until then, you can call us here right at the station and, and talk to the good doctor at 433-1433. So we were talking about this gentleman yeah. that was in a heck of a pickle. And yeah, and, it, and we just started. I mean, I just started working yeah. with him this week. So I don't know where it's going to go. But so for me, um, when I'm initially evaluating a person, the initial exam involves um, – you know, the diagnostic testing that I do. Then we're with him, we're going to go through a period of treatment of six weeks. Um, and again, for me, it's important that a patient stays in direct communication with me as far as like, how are you doing? What are you noticing changes? You know, and I'll, and I'll say, and it's not always about pain. It's about other things that will start happening because I'm influencing the entire central nervous system when I'm working with them. So, you know, what we're going to be doing is as we treat him and at the end of six weeks, we're going to be redoing all the initial diagnostic tests that we did um, to see, okay, are we having are we having an objective impact on this situation? Because the last thing I want to do is lead this man on for, you know, weeks, months and years and never get um, never get anything done. You know, so so I want to be able to see uh, what's actually happening with him. So. I'm getting a little tickle in my throat, so no. I'm just—I feel like, like I'm going to cough here right now. But you can cough. I'll, yeah, there's a button there. <laughs> there's a button. <laughs> I, I can't help to think too that there's got to be a a very positive psychological aspect to it too. Not only are you, you know, when you talk to him, but you're giving him hope, and yeah. and, and and mentally and emotionally hope is one of the greatest healers there is. And really, and, and the important thing is that's sincere. I mean, that's not. That's not an act. That's a, that's sincerely. I want. I truly want to be able to help this man, and right. I don't want them to give up because, first of all, he's never tried this before. He's he's followed the conventional medical route forever, and um, and and really, it's not putting him in a good place. You know, it's actually um, creating quite an issue. And so, what we want to see is if hopefully we can break that cycle and start turning things around, like Carol who just called. You know, she has, she's had some really difficult times, mm -hmm. you know. Um, she's a tough lady, you know, she's a strong lady. She's incredible pain tolerance, but everybody has their limits. And, you know, with her, you know, with all that she's gone through, you know, her and I've worked together a number of times over, you know, over many years, you know, to try and keep her at some level. And I, I would hate to see someone like her going into a surgical situation um, because of her age and her condition that it, the outcomes typically aren't very good, you know, in those type of situations. When you're dealing with spinal surgery that is related directly 
as a result of significant degenerative changes, the outcomes are much less successful. When you have somebody who, let's say, is young and vibrant and then they have a specific spinal injury like a disc herniation or something like that that would warrant a surgical intervention, a lot of times for them the outcome can be quite good and quite positive. But when you're taking an elderly person who is dealing with all kinds of degenerative changes and all that stuff, that creates more of an issue as far as the outcome. Right, because the degenerative aspect of it is uh, irreversible, right? That, yeah, that part. once you go, you can't go back. Right. Okay, and that's um that's the difficult part, and that's why, again, from my perspective, it's it's about taking the conservative approach first. Does it work every time? No, it doesn't. You know, I've been in this game for forty years. You know, nobody's going to have a hundred percent success rate, but I've seen some people make some pretty dramatic turnarounds and some pretty right. dramatic changes, and if not, not getting to a level of perfection or solving it then at least making it so much more manageable for them to deal with that and not be dependent on drugs or whatever for right that. you so. can uh, get your quality of life back up to where it needs to be and, that, and that's what it falls down to in the end anyways is quality of life what is your quality of life is it absolutely because we're all limited on quantity we absolutely know that. <laughs> so while we're here and and, that, and that's what i see like you know we talked in the, in the past show my father just passed away you know in february and you know my dad was 94 years old and he had quantity of life. Obviously, not too many people make it to 94. But he also had a quality of life. I mean, I've got to say that my dad's, you know, the last six weeks of his life were not great. I mean, that he went, he made, he turned that corner. You know, he turned that corner and he was on the decline. But after that point, the quality of his life was really good. You know, he still stayed. He was mentally with it all the way, you know, until the last couple of weeks. And then, um, and physically, yeah, he was breaking down. He had 94-year-old knees that should have been taken care of 20 years earlier. Sure. But he never would have because he never he never thought he was going to get to be that old, you know. So he just put it off and didn't do anything about it. And, and you know, we have technology now. You know, the point is to get through your life without all the parts breaking down. And that's where chiropractic is so critical in, in keeping a person in tuned and in proper alignment and appropriate function instead of waiting until the parts break down see we tend to go to the conventional allopathic medicine when the parts break down but we're not doing anything to prevent the parts from breaking down and that's the frustrating part that i look at and watch happening you know when this particular gentleman comes to me in his mid late 70s for the very first time ever and you see how how worn out and how broken some of the pieces are um you know, it's tough. It's it's a challenge. Right, and that's the challenge with allopathic medicine, yeah. right? It's react- reactionary. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's reactive it's interesting. instead of preventive. It's interesting because in, in the chiropractic profession, in it, chiropractic has a very different philosophy. So we always talk about the the acronym ADIO, A-D-I-O. Um, and, it, and, and what that stands for is above, down, inside, out. And, and to break that down, it's that realizes that when we are born or when we are created, the power comes from above, down, okay? So whoever our creator is down to us and healing occurs from within us outwardly, okay? So that's the whole premise of what chiropractic is based on is the, is that we have this innate ability to heal and that it occurs from within. So, 
in conventional medicine, it's quite the opposite. It's right. outside in healing. It's always like you got something wrong inside of you. Let's give you a drug. Let's give you surgery. Let's give you all these things rather than making the appropriate changes to allow the body to heal from within itself. So amazing. Yeah. Hey, we have another caller. Let's see what's going on here. Good Let's morning, go. caller. You are on the air with Dr. Ken Kerbs here in WLVL. What is your question or comments? Hello, Eric and Dr. Kerbs. Good morning. Good morning to you. I have a question. Um, I took a fall in mid-March. Oh, boy. And I uh, have been seeing an x-ray and so on. I have a fracture, compression fracture on L1. Mm-hmm. And they're telling me in about three months it might get better and the pain might subside in about three months. Yeah. So I'm about halfway toward the three months, about seven weeks now, and it hasn't gotten that much better. Yeah. And I'm wondering if you think that'll ever get better. So first, how old are you? 68. Yeah, okay. So that 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 is a very common type injury. So a compressive force of the spine from a fall will very commonly affect, you, you said L1? Yes, they yeah. told me it was about 40%. Compressed. 40% compressed. So L1, T12 and L1 are the two most common vertebrae that will compress in that type of an injury. Um, and what happens, it's, it is a, it is a break, you know, it's a break in your spine, but in a compression fracture, the actual body of the vertebrae collapses with a 40%. Now, it's interesting because they actually have techniques. I mean, you're probably past the, the time frame, but when that happens, um, they have, um, a technique where they can inject almost like a an epoxy into that to like kyphoplasty. Right, the kyphoplasty. Did you have that done? No, they said they might end up doing that if I don't get better. Yeah, but there's a window of opportunity to do that. You can't just wait to do that. That stuff should be done quite quickly, you know. They're not following that path. Yeah, and that's that's the frustrating part. You know, compression fractures are tough. They're stable fractures. You know, so there's not a chance of like you're going to be paralyzed or anything like that. But they're incredibly painful and and very sometimes debilitating in in what they do. And you can't do a lot about that. You know, at, at, from a chiropractic standpoint. I can't do anything about that compression fracture because it's broken. It's, you know, you can't get in that area and work on that. I can work around those areas. I've worked with many patients with compression fractures that you can work around the areas, but the. I haven't improved very much since I fell. I am, I am surprised. You know, it's interesting. You've talked about kyphoplasty, but there is actually a window of opportunity with kyphoplasty with, it has to be done within a certain time frame in order for it to be effective. There's one with a balloon method and one without it. Right, right, right. And and that's and have you gone to a neurosurgeon with that or what? Who have you seen? There, I'm going there now, and the next thing they're going to do is an MRI in a couple of weeks. I didn't have an MRI yet, but I will be having an MRI in a couple of weeks. So there was the compression fracture just um, was that just determined by just plain X-ray? X-ray, and I had a CT. Scan. Oh, a CT did. Okay, you I know, couldn't get the MRI because they didn't know about metal in my eye and that, but that's been resolved now. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. An MRI is going to be, you know, again, CT, CT, and X-ray, pretty much, you know what's going on. MRI will be a little bit more detailed about that, but I'm just surprised that that they haven't dis- they haven't pursued the kyphoplasty, knowing that it's, um, knowing that 
how in fa- how effective it actually can be. So you you're making it sound like because of this delay, their kyphoplasty might not be as successful. Exactly, that's the problem. When you get past, and I, I'm not sure the exact time frame, but when you get past a certain amount of time, they they really can't do it. Because realize this, your body is trying to compensate and heal for that. All right. It's trying to deal with that. Now, I'm telling you something. If you just let it go, all right, I, I have seen this many times over the years. I, I dealt with it with my own mother and, and with other things as far as that goes, is that eventually they will stabilize and that will get better, okay? Um, with the kyphoplasty, many times people can get almost an immediate relief, you know, with that with that technique, you know, as far as because what it does is it it literally fills the space and raises that vertebrae back up to 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 remove a majority of the compression. Is that a high risk sort of thing? High risk? Oh God, there's always risk because you're you know there's always going to be risk. High risk, I would say no. They're not opening you up. You know, they're doing it. You know, they're doing it through needle, so they're not. You know, it's not like they're opening up your abdominal cavity or you know having to do that so there's less risk involved with it but it certainly is something that has to be done under anesthetic and um you know obviously whenever you're whenever you're entering the body you know whatever there's always going to be some risk but minimal risk you know is minimal. there a risk that it could be injected in the wrong place and cause nerve damage or well something? that is the case but usually they do that with uh they're usually have um What's called fluoroscopy, or or they're they're doing it under X-ray, so they're they can see where they are. Okay. Okay. So there's you know there's a visual, um, you know they're not just blindly going in there and sticking it in, and because it's the body of the vertebrae, they're not dealing directly with the spinal nerve roots. Okay. So they're not that that type of thing, isn't it? So they're trying to stay away from those other areas. Yeah. Well, that's that part of the vertebrae that's collapsed in your situation is in front of where the the nerves are so usually what happens it's the front or the anterior part of the vertebrae that collapses down not the back part so the arch and the and the part that protects the spinal cord is still very much intact it's just the front of that that collapsed and the reason i asked your age is because that's that's a critical factor because you know you're in that prime age group you know where you're going to be losing some mineral content in your bones so you're more susceptible to that type of a that type of a fracture they had me on a calcium a nasal spray calcitonin uh-huh. to help my calcium. Up. You mean since that happened? Yes. Yeah, that's, you know, the damage is done. You know, you're not, you know, how much that's going to help you in the long run is is a tough one to say. Have you, Do you know if you have like osteoporosis or osteopenia? Do you know that? They said there was a fair amount of arthritis in there when they looked at the images. Yeah, well, arthritis is a very different thing, okay? Arthritis is degeneration, whereas osteopenia or osteoporosis is a demineralization of the bone. And that's why... There's there's very specific tests for that. You know, the thing is they tend to test women more than men for... For that type of a thing, because of postmenopausal women will tend to have more issues with osteopenia, but they could do a bone scan, you know, on you to check for um, the integrity they, of. They said something like they might be doing the bone scan if they couldn't do the MRI, but now I'm cleared for the MRI. Yeah, well, the MRI I think is better um, as far as being more definitive on what they're going to do, but um, you know, the the other thing is I would discuss with them as far as the time frame goes, yeah. because I know that. When when kyphoplasty first came out, and it's been around for 
probably 10, 15 years, um, that there was at that time a very specific window, you know, that it had to be done within a certain time to, to have the success. Sooner is better. Absolutely. And you're already two months, you're two months since injury, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to talk to them about those um, matters. Yeah, please do. Yeah, please do. Okay, and the, yeah. uh, the, I should get a test for that osteoporosis. I would see because the thing is, again, you know, if they start putting you on all these, you know, um, calcium building type things, you know, is it going to make that much of a difference in the in the long run? H- highly unlikely. There's a lot of controversy about, you know, the the drugs that they give women for, you know, osteoporosis, you know, and, and the side effects of them, and you know whether or not it's feasible or not. You know, the I best thing to provide. I had kidney stones years ago that were calcitic. Right, because you had too much calcium oxalate in your system, and that and precipitates in, into kidney stones. A yeah, about that. yeah. A lot of times, those things are um, precipitated by your diet. You know, because what happens is a lot of times people eat foods that are high in um, calcium oxalates. I think that's exactly what was happening. Yeah, and and they'll develop kidney stones. So, you know, you want to watch. You know, dietary things can control that type of a situation. Okay. But you have you have one of the tougher um, fractures to deal with in that they can't do anything. Like if you broke your arm, you know, they can set that bone, they can cast it, and everything's fine and dandy. Six, eight weeks, you're good. You know, with compression fractures, they're very difficult to deal with because you can't do anything to change that because that's a collapse of the bone. And then you just it's, – it's kind of a wait and see, um, you know, with, with that. And typically though, you know, with you being about two months out – it's not unlikely that you still have pain and discomfort associated with it, and it could probably go on for a while. But it could, it could get better. Probably. It could. It, I've seen them. I have seen them definitely get better. But there's no way to say that on an individual basis. But I have seen people have compression fractures. I've had people that I've X-rayed before, and you see compression fractures, and they had no idea they ever had them. Okay. Well, so. there's some hope for me. That absolutely, absolutely. But you need to discuss with that as far as the, you know, the MRI, the kyphoplapsy, and and whether or not you're still within that time frame to be able to do that. Well, I'll bring that up with them. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Thank you so much, caller. Yeah. Listen, have a good weekend, will you? Thank you. You too. Right. I appreciate your comments. I'll see you on good radio. Luck with that. See you on radio next week. All right. What a great call. So. What did you call it? Calcium oxalates or something like yeah, that? Yeah, oxalates. You know. uh, is that written on the hamburger warning at McDonald's? Absolutely not. Okay. Absolutely not. How do you know? You know, well, first of all, you know, we promote all this. Eat your leafy greens, okay? So what's high in oxalates? Spinach, kale, collards, you know, all the, all the quote, super greens, the super healthy foods, you know, very high in oxalates and, and, uh, you know, and the lectins and things like beans and stuff like that, that are, that are toxic to our bodies, you know, and people don't realize this, you know, you see people eating, doing their green smoothies things and they're loading handfuls of spinach in there and, you know, and all the stuff. And it's like, they're literally creating a toxic environment in their body, you know, and then when too much oxalates get in, people will have you know, these crashes, I mean, they will have health problems directly as a result of what it, what they're putting in their mouths, which they think are healthy, you know. Right. I mean, plants are trying to kill you. They all have, you know, they all have toxins, you know. You, you realize that, that, you know, a plant's, a plant's way of protecting itself because they're rooted in the ground, the way they protect themselves is to produce poisons to stop 
predators from eating them or destroying them. See, animals can run, they can fight, they can bite, they can do those things. So they don't need that kind of stuff. But right. plants can't. Plants have to have protective mechanisms. You know, so like in tomatoes, you and you know, all the nightshade, you know, tomatoes, eggplant, uh, um, peppers and stuff like that have lectins in them. And then you have the oxalates and, um, you know, you have so many, you know, toxic chemicals within that. They say Brussels sprouts alone, there's 136 known carcinogens in Brussels sprouts. And that is not from being sprayed or man-made poisons sprayed on them or anything. Those are naturally occurring, you know, within Brussels sprouts. You know, when you think about that, you think, hmm, interesting. And yet we're, we're, we're saying, oh, eat those. They're so good for you, you know? So, well, know. well, how much, how much is too much? So your body can tolerate, of, your body okay. can certainly tolerate quite a bit of everything. Well, you right? know what? How much, how much can your body tolerate of cyanide? Okay. I don't know. Okay. Right. You know, you'll it's all it. it's all dose related. You'll find okay. out when you get there. So a little bit, a little bit might not affect you, but a lot will kill you. Okay. Right. So when you start seeing people that are having all these kinds of health problems, you know, and you wonder, and no one's relating it to what they're eating, you know, which is in, ridiculous. In our in our health system, you know, we don't even, we don't ever associate anything with diet. It's like, listen, you clean up these. So here, let me give you an example. My brother, I'm going to share a story about my brother. Now I'm a twin. I have a twin brother, lives in Seattle, Washington. You know, so obviously being twins, we're not identical twins, but we are the same age. Um, I'm 40 minutes older than him. Okay. My brother was a bit of a train wreck as far as his health. I mean, terrible. I mean, when I compare myself, you know, when I compare myself to him, I'm thinking, oh my God, what happened? So here my brother is... um, morbidly obese you know we're talking 350 pounds okay um Yikes. huge health problems full-blown type 2 diabetic you know taking 160 units of insulin a day um on all kinds of medication for all kinds of problems he's been totally disabled can't work for the last three years and just just a mess so you know, you get to a point in your life where I don't really care what people think what I say and I just had to say to them what I had to say to them. And I just laid it out there and said, dude, you're killing yourself. I'm worried about you dying before mom and dad die. You know, and it's just like it was ridiculous. So I just kind of laid some things out for him thinking typically when you say something like that to him, he would just get mad and just not deal with it. Right. So all of a sudden, three weeks later, I get a call saying, well, I did what you told me to do. And I'm going, like, oh, interesting. So he started paying attention to me. So I realized this in five months, in five months now, my brother has lost 65 pounds. And he has gone from 160 units of insulin a day to zero. He is on no more injectable insulin no. at all. None. And what is he doing to accomplish these goals? He is on a very strict carnivore diet. No fruits and vegetables. No carbohydrates whatsoever. Um, eating only fatty meat, salt, and water, and that's it. And he is, he hasn't, I mean, he still has a lot of issues, okay, because he had a lot of health problems, but he actually sees hope for himself, you know, like things are so much better. And the fact that his, that he is totally off insulin, that nobody could believe that he could do that. You know, his doctors were like kind of having a meltdown. But his blood sugar levels just kept dropping and dropping and dropping to the point of last week he finally went full bore, no, no insulin whatsoever, and his blood sugars are holding steady. 
you know. So the thing is, there are the recuperative abilities. There are that ability to be able to recover from these things, even in, in tough situations. And the fact that he's dropped 65 pounds so far, he still has a fair amount of weight to lose yet. But he's well on his way and he's really sticking to it you know he's really been very diligent about it Mm -hmm. and that's what most people aren't willing to do they won't they won't do what what needs to be done to make the change it's easier to just go to the quote doctor and have them throw a pill at you to so that you don't have to be responsible for your actions and that's the frustrating thing apart when you're when you're in the healthcare field and you know you know what what people could do to make themselves better and they refuse to do it what a milestone, though, to get under 300 pounds. Yes. Probably for the first time in a very long time. Yes, exactly. He's at three, He was at 285 the last time I talked to him. You know, Now, he's he's much taller than I am. He's six foot tall. You know, <coughs> you know, he's you know, he's a bigger man, always has been bigger than me, uh-huh. but um, not that big. I mean, not that much bigger. I mean, he's right. you know, he was considerably but he's still your little brother because you're 40, he's still 40 my minutes brother. older than right, he is. Exactly. Always, <laughs> always will be. That's right. Always will be. Um, so, you know, the thing is, you know, if people are willing to listen and do what is needed to be mm-hmm. done, boy, there's a lot that can be done, you know. And I've coached a number of people through this thing, but they have to be willing to do that. I'm not going to sit there mm-hmm. and make anybody do this. But if they want to do it, gosh, please. You know, do you know, do something because there there are ways around this stuff. We wouldn't have the healthcare crisis as we have in this world if people just cleaned up what they're putting in their mouth. You are, you know, you are literally doing this to yourselves. However, you're doing it to yourselves under the auspices that that's healthy and okay. You know, and unfortunately, our our food pyramid and uh, the 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 food system in our world is so messed up. You know that it's just it's absolutely crazy. So it's crazy. So just out of curiosity, explain to me this carnivore diet. What, what do you eat? I mean, you said you said meat, eggs, salts, water. Yeah. What kind of? Meat? I, I've been on a pretty strict carnivore diet for a year now. April first was a year. Okay. That I've been on it. I had been eating pretty much a ketogenic diet for the last five years, and then kind of evolved to do a strict carnivore diet. So um, basically, what my diet um, consists of is. Um, Fatty beef and lamb is mostly what I eat. Eggs, butter. I only cook in butter, um, lard, or beef tallow. Um, drink water and add salt, and that's it. That's my diet. No fruits or vegetables, no grains of any kind, no processed food. Bacon? Bacon, absolutely bacon. Okay. Yep. Um, yeah, you can eat. you can eat pork and chicken if you choose, but they're less optimal the whole point is is to eat the meat the flesh of ruminant animals and the reason for ruminant animals is because ruminant animals can take they're the one type of animal meaning when i say ruminant i mean a cow a goat a sheep deer you know venison split hoof not split hoof but it's the way they digest their food okay they have multiple chambers in their stomachs okay so they can eat the grasses and stuff that they need and then they convert them into short chain short chain fatty acids to produce protein and that's what builds their particular muscle meat and that's what's the most ideal pork and chicken are not ruminants so there's a different some people have sensitivities to pork and some sensitivities to to uh, chickens and a lot of that has to do with what they're fed and how they're raised um, but that um, the ruminant animals tend to be the more ideal situation, you know. Okay. So, all right. So, guide me through a typical day. You wake up in the morning and you. I typically don't eat breakfast. 
Okay. okay. You exercise, all right? Yes. Um, I I stay fasted until lunchtime. Now it'll depend. Like on a day, like today is a day that I'm a, a day off. So because of that, and because of what I have to do in my day, I did eat breakfast this morning. Okay. So about uh, half hour, forty five minutes before I came here, I had a one pound New York strip steak, and I had four over easy eggs, all cooked in butter, and about uh, two glasses of water. That was my meal. Okay. Now I probably will not eat again until quite later tonight because that'll sustain me through the day. You know, the fat and protein are very satiating, so I have no cravings. I have no desire to have anything else. I'm not tempted by other foods and things like that. Now, for a period of time, the the time that my father was quite ill and for the, almost two months that I was, my sister and I were doing pretty much 24-hour care, yeah. I did fall off the wagon on that because it was just too difficult to be able to stick purely to that thing. So I I did the best I could, but since that time I've gotten back where I'm very strict and I was for for an entire year before that. So um that's pretty much how my diet goes. And people start saying, "Oh, what about cholesterol and what about heart disease and all this stuff and like that I don't want to go into that right now, but with when you start looking at the research that we have been lied to and lied to and lied to by the food industry for the last 50 years. The whole no fat, low fat stuff is just the biggest bunch of garbage. Look at look at what's happened in our society in the last 30 to 50 years of the increase in dementias and Alzheimer's and all this stuff. It's just out of this world because our entire nervous systems, our brain are primarily made up of cholesterol. Every cell in the body has cholesterol. It's necessary you know, to sustain life. And yet we have this pharmaceutical industry that sits there and tries pushing this, lower the cholesterol as low as you possibly can. It's not cholesterol that causes heart disease. It's the inflammation that causes it. And when you look back 50 years ago with some of the research done by Ansel Keys and all the the craziness of that time where they demonized fat and praised sugar, um, and just watch what happened in our society during that time. It's crazy. You know, look back at photos 50 years ago. How many obese people did you see? You, it, it was rare. I mean, they were there, but, you know, it, it was rare. And it, I saw a photograph of it was back in, I think it was taken in the 50s or 60s. And it was like the fattest man in the world. You know, and the guy was like about 300 pounds. And he was touted it as the as like the fattest man in the world. He was paraded around the world as this. You know, just walking to Walmart today. Yeah, say, you know, that's basically average. That's the second booth you know, on your left at right, McDonald's. Right. It's like, please. I mean, look at what has happened. I mean, open your eyes. And that isn't you know. And the thing is, is that people don't realize that it's it's not their fault. It's what the it's what the food industry has done to us. You have the food industry and the pharmaceutical industry that literally work hand in hand. You know, we get people sick and then we sit there and we feed them into the whole medical system and, 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 you know, do that. You know, I look at myself now, I had, you know, again, doing this, you know, I had back probably six months ago, I had to get new life insurance policies, you know. And so when you're as old as I am, it's not easy getting a life insurance policy. So you have to go through some rigorous, you know, examinations and blood work and all that stuff. And here I had been strict carnivore now at that point for, a number of months. So I'm thinking, okay, it'll be interesting to see how my blood work comes out. Um, every single marker in my blood work was excellent, was perfect from my cholesterol to my blood sugar to, you know, every other aspect that they were looking for was perfect. And so 
because of that and because my father at that point was still alive at 93 years old, I got the absolute best rating in life insurance. There was no questions asked and I got the lowest rate you can possibly get. Okay. Good stuff. Yeah. So it's like, hey, you know, you can tell me all you want, but there's, there's been this dogma out there about, oh God, don't eat fat. Oh, don't, don't do that. You know, cut off all the fat in your meat. Heck no. You know, I'm going to eat the fattiest piece of meat and I'm going to cook it in fat, you know, and I'm going to eat it that way. And, uh, you know, you start seeing what happens with people, you know, when they do this and, um, you know, it's, it's contrary to what we think should be right. Um, but it's so incredibly effective. So incredibly effective. Hmm. It is, it's what our, it's what our, it's what man evolved at. We were hyper carnivores as we evolved. That's how our brains evolved to the size that they did is because of the, the meat and the fat that we took into our systems. And that's the problem why we're seeing so much dementia and stuff like that is because we're so depleting our bodies of the necessary essential fat. You realize that, that you get essential, essential amino acids from protein and you get essential fatty acids from fat. You can't live without those. There are no, there is no nutritional requirement in the human body for carbohydrates of any kind. You know, so contrary to the belief that our society today lives on about 60% carbohydrates, yet there's no dietary requirements for carbohydrates in the human body. Interesting. Now, is there, uh, does it matter at what level of doneness that it is cooked? Does that change the proteins and things? Um, Yes, it does. Um, So I have always been a rare person, okay? I do not like my meat heavily cooked and yeah you're going to denature proteins more the more you cook it mm-hmm. so the lakes you cook it so i mean today my one pound new york strip steak got three minutes here on each side and it was done that was it Ooh. you know three yeah. minutes on one side three minutes on the other i'm done and i'm very satisfied with that that's that works best for me some people can't do that um but some people can't do you know the, the thought of you know i've talked to people about the way i eat and they think i'm crazy it's like uh-huh. okay you can think that you can think that all you want I always say the proof is in the pudding. Right. You know, hey, I just sat there this weekend, you know, a seven-hour drive lugging uh, an entire U-Haul and car up, you know, across the street and up two flights of stairs for an entire day and then three days of all that work. And you know what? I survived. I did quite well. Mm -hmm. It didn't debilitate me. Right. You know, whereas most people my age couldn't even do that, wouldn't even think about doing that. Right. You know. Now, quick question. With with this... Beef diet, you know, I'm I'm thinking about you know somebody that goes down to their local neighborhood Applebee's or yeah. something like that. You know, is that that beef is processed? It's, it's not. It's not. It's the. It's all the sauces and what they cook it in and all that stuff. If you could get them just to, you know, take the steak on a flat top with some butter, you know, then it's mm-hmm. not. It's not as much of an issue, you know. But that's the problem, you know, when you go out. And eat in restaurants and stuff like that. People always say, well, you know, eating meat all the time, that's very expensive. It's like, wait a minute here. Look at what you're spending on all the other things that you are eating. Right. So first of all, many times I eat one meal a day. That's all I need. I'm totally satisfied. You know. Right. The and people can't, the you know, but the, the, the problem is, is that we're so carbohydrate like dependent that people can't go more than two or three hours without eating. I can go I, – hey, I've done five-day fasts where I don't eat anything for five days and have no problem with that whatsoever. Hmm. You know, Again, it's a choice you make. Choice. Very curious. Yeah. We, is... We'll have to talk about that more. You no, you've, you've, you've yeah. piqued my curiosity. Yeah, yes. I... We'll have to talk about that more. Yeah. So, um, yeah. All right. Well, listen, this has been a very 
productive 45 minutes, Doctor. Yes. I, uh, certainly thank you for uh, joining us here this morning. I look forward to seeing you again in a couple of weeks. Uh, final thoughts. you got about 45 seconds. Oh, my gosh. So I just want to give a little shout-out to Brianne Luskin, my wonderful receptionist out there who I know is tuning in today and uh, um, wanted to see what it's all about here on the radio. Um, so, yeah, come on in, say hello to us, you know, get, you know, join us for, you know, what we do and what we offer in the office. And um, hopefully you all have an incredible day. That's right. Curbs Family Chiropractic and Wellness, 471 Davison Road, 434-0671, 434-0671. Schedule a consultation with Dr. Curbs today. Stick around for Fox News and enjoy the rest of your afternoon. We'll see you next time here on WLVL.